Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The original Phantom. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. With over 400 performances of opera, dance, and music each year, Charles Garnier's Paris Opera, known as the Palais Garnier, is arguably one of the busiest cultural institutions in France, maybe even in Europe, and one of the most high-profile opera houses in the world. And yet, that's not what it's known for. The Palais Garnier has become larger than life, not for its own creative work, but for someone else's, inspired to immortalize the building's architectural failings, rumors, and dark reputation. Underground lakes, mysterious deaths, bones, and curses. It all takes place in the Palais Garnier, the inspiration for the classic novel, movie, and musical, Phantom of the Opera. In 1821, the French government decided it wanted a fancy new opera house. So in the meantime, a temporary building known as the Salais Le Pelletier was the interim opera house. But with the French Revolution, of course, lavish opera houses were like a pretty low priority, until 1853, when the Second French Empire was established and new interest in fancy opera houses arose. Around this time, as well, the history of the Palais Garnier, starting with the Salle Le Pelletier, would begin to go from famous to notorious. There was an attempted assassination on Napoleon in front of the Salle Le Pelletier, which upped social currency, oddly enough, and added urgency, maybe, to a permanent opera house with security. By March of 1858, a new site was found, and by 1860, famed architect Rohalt de Fleury completed the design for what he thought would be the crowning achievement of his career. But a woman named Marie Andarici Poniatowska had other plans. A mistress of Napoleon, she used her um, privileged position to get her husband, Count Alexander Kolona-Waleski, hopefully I'm saying that right, appointed to Minister of State, and instead of Fleury designing the opera, the whole project pivoted and Napoleon held a design competition to select a new architect for what would be his Imperial Academy of Music and Dance. 
applicants were given a month to submit entries with 170 potential concepts to choose from. Along with their design, applicants were asked to submit a motto that kind of summarized the vibe of their idea. Among the entries was an unknown 35-year-old architect named Jean-Louis Charles Garnier, who submitted his plan with a line from an Italian poet. The line was, Bramo Asai Poco Sparrow. Definitely was not saying that correctly. In any case, in English, it translates to hope for much, expect little. Not exactly grand, but words from someone who just wanted to be in the mix, I'd imagine. And he was, making it by the skin of his teeth. The least favored of seven finalists selected to move on to the second phase of the competition. So what was phase two? For the second round, you had to whip up a detailed 58-page program of the design. And on May 29th, Garnier's project won. Everyone was shocked, even Garnier's own wife, who wrote that one judge of the competition thought Garnier's plan was, quote, remarkable in its simplicity, clarity, logic, and grandeur. Though others felt his style was amateurish, confusing, and hard to pin down, it clicked for the right people. It felt to some to be reflective of what was happening in Paris, right then and there. Historian Andrew Ayers wrote Garnier's plan was, quote, a giddy mixture of up-to-the-minute technology, rather perspective rationalism, exuberant eclecticism, and astonishing opulence. Garnier's opera encapsulated the divergent tendencies and political and social ambitions of its era. The opera would even be named after Garnier, which is a pretty big deal for a guy who had done nothing noteworthy up to this point. During its construction, the Palais Garnier had another issue. As the foundation was being built, workers hit an arm of the Seine, causing water to flood into the site from the river. It was impossible to remove all the water, so crews found a not-so-ideal solution. To contain the runoff, Seine water in the building's basement, with a massive underground reservoir under a discreet vaulted ceiling, and slowly would pump the water out from there. In fact, Seine water is still being pumped out of the Palais Garnier today. They just kind of let it be a giant lake at the bottom of an opera house, pumping the water out when it got too crazy, too flooded. This strange building snag caught the attention of Gaston LaRue. Great French name, right? LaRue was kind of a loser. At one point, he hoped to be a lawyer, but he spent his inheritance gambling and, now bankrupt, weaseled his way into a low-end reporting job at a local paper, Le Co de Paris, writing about both theater and crime. Kind of my ideal job. He began writing about the construction of the opera house and kept a writerly eye on the drama revolving around it. It would take about 15 years to complete and over 7.5 million francs. The new Third Republic of France actually had to borrow money from the Monte Carlo Casino to pay for the completion of the Palais Garnier. On December 12, 1874, the Paris Ballet danced on the pristine new floor of the stage. And six days later, a gigantic seven-ton bronze and crystal chandelier that Garnier had designed to look over the stage and seating was lit up for the first time. It was a truly magnificent piece of architecture, but unfortunately for Napoleon, he never got to see the finished product he had worked so hard to advocate for, as he had died a year earlier. But there was one guy who did see it, Gaston LaRue. LaRue reported on the Palais Garnier regularly, noticing the reputation that the building was getting. Stories of weird underground lakes, of secret tunnels all over the building, that Napoleon's assassination attempt at the temporary site had cursed the opera itself, as did the revolutionary uprising that stalled the build. But in May 1896, rumors would be reinforced by a real tragedy. During Act One of the Opera Hell, a mysterious fire in the roof of the opera house melted through a wire holding a counterweight for the chandelier. 
causing Garnier's massive seven-ton light fixture to break free from its counterweights and crash down through the auditorium ceiling, injuring many and killing a concierge standing in the audience below. Garnier was much more upset over his gigantic light fixture than the death and injuries of his fellow Parisians, and said of the damaged chandelier, quote, What else could fill the theater with such joyous life? What else could offer the variety of forms that we have in the pattern of the flames, in these groups and tiers of points of light, these wild hues of gold flecked with bright spots, and these crystalline highlights? The death at the hands of Garnier's poorly designed chandelier inspired other haunted stories and rumors of someone messing with the theater, a phantom, some might say. Also, the artists at the theater themselves had developed a not-so-great, high-maintenance reputation, travel from her hotel to the theater by limousine, which doesn't sound too crazy until you realize that her hotel was only 300 yards away. Another actor required a strange entourage of seven assistants and a teddy bear, Still another said that her stage jewelry was too cold, demanding that her accessories be warmed nightly before her entrance on the stage. These types of stories aroused everyone's paranoia and superstitiousness. Most famously, soprano Lucienne Breva refused to go on stage until a concierge had uttered merde, the French equivalent of break a leg, in her presence. When the concierge happened to be gone one night at one of her performances, Breva insisted he send a telegraph with the word, which arrived minutes before the show opened. Reporting on this stuff was great for LaRue, who, at the turn of the century, began to have a fascination with mystery, loving the iconic works of Edgar Allan Poe, Arthur Conan Doyle, and most sources just say those two. In 1907, he retired from reporting and started a kind of hybrid publishing company and studio for writing books and adapting them into the budding industry of motion pictures. It was another leap of faith for the financially chaotic writer, one that would piss people off and also payoff. More after the break. You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, hello. How are you? Hello. How are you doing? You doing okay? Feeling spooky. Mm, You got got chills up your spine? Or not at all. Or Or you're just just sleeping late and just just fine, just going about your existence? Just watching Judge Judy. Wow. Eating cookies. (laughs) Who's that? Maybe that's spooky. me. That might be me. Yeah. Wow. 
We want to say hello to anyone who's listening. Hello. Spreading the good word of Ghost Town. Mm -hmm. We thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We hope you're having a spooktacular month. We do. Very much so. Yeah, we hope you're having a great Rocktober. Yeah. I said it. Great Rocktober to you and yours. And nothing rocks harder (laughs) than the Ghost Town government. Mm -mm. They rock. Mm -mm. They love to rock. They do. They rock and roll all night long. Especially the mayors. (laughs) Oh, they love to rock and this rocker goes to bed at 9 30 p.m holy sharp shit. yes p.m that's so late post meridian <laughs> <laughs> wow that's i mean that's almost fucking 10 it's almost 10 it's Whoa. not quite 10 they're not Damn. they're not like on the on the brink yeah no they're not going nuts but they're close it's cat joselle hello this no rules rock star loves to rock Taxes done three months <laughs> early, or even 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 the IRS is like, can you relax for two seconds? Come on, <laughs> we're busy. Yeah, we don't need to. Yeah, we're not even that uptight take about a this. Break. Kelly Meehan. Hello. This rock and roll hero, ugh, mm. loves to party the rock and roll lifestyle. <laughs> Throwing in an extra. Extra scoop of fiber. Oh shit! In their, in their, Bad boy alert! In their fiber shake, mm. just to keep things on the reg. <laughs> That's Matthew Clemens Larray. Hello. Now this rock star, epic rocker, loves to rock, cruising in, doing sixty-six and a sixty-five. Shit, that's Whoa. above the speed limit. <laughs> Try to keep up, but it probably goes down to 65 once they realize the gravity of the situation. Oh, damn. It's Ashley Matson. Hello. This rock and roll party animal, mm-hmm. animal, just gets on the phone and reports that there's too much noise next door. <laughs> oh, wow. And it's just the sound of somebody watching hbo's westworld a little too loud <laughs> wow. there's nothing more rock and roll than a noise ordinance that'd be emma hopkins hello and can't even talk about the history of rock and roll without talking about our governor absolutely not pulling the strings mm-hmm. making the rules mm-hmm. people are signing with their souls yeah fuck yeah they're like i don't know how about a one album deal and if you're like if you're like you don't want to get out of it? Okay, no problem. Yeah, it's cutthroat. <laughs> An it's cutthroat. one album deal. <laughs> and if you want to keep going, let's keep going. But if not, no big deal. I would just hope that you're would just hope you're happy with your music and your art. Mm-hmm. So when they said like you're 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 signing a pact with the devil, mm-hmm. that would be our governor, Avian Noble. Noble. If you want no ads, no chit chat, bonus episodes. Got one coming up for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Just the good stuff. Head on over to patreon.com slash ghost town pod. I was on a podcast and I used to talk about myself, like my history and what I've done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I haven't done that in a really long time. And when you do it after not doing it for a while, you're like, oh, wow, a lot of time has gone by. <laughs> oh, no. But I was on oh, no, the no. successful failure podcast with my oh. friend Jesse, kind of through stand ups. He's a lot of stand up. Cool. Somebody has other people. So he talked about stand up, which is like r- relatively new again for me in the last yeah, few yeah. years. And But then I went all the way back talking about Ghost Town, Ooh. talking about us just rocking and rolling. We did. We rocked and we rolled. And we, uh, all our rock and roll. Uh-huh. There's a video if you want to see me um, 
holding on to a microphone like I'm holding on for dear life. Dear goddamn life. Uh, check out the Successful Failure Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and on the Instagram. Mm. And I'm sure I'll share it out on my, on my Instagram. So if you want to hear exciting. about if you want to hear about me going through a full blown midlife crisis, <laughs> <laughs> every detail. Yeah, nothing spared. Oh. Check that out. Ooh, that sounds very intriguing. Anything more highbrow for us? Yeah, we got to get back to the highbrow stuff. Let's get back to Paris post-French Revolution, where, for his first foray into the world of being a professional writer and producer, Gaston LaRue is trying his hand at writing his own hard-boiled detective novels. The first one he wrote was called The Mystery of the Yellow Room, and it was one of the first locked room mysteries. So, you know, a mystery that takes place in one room. Everybody loved it, including a young Agatha Christie, who showered praise on LaRue and was inspired herself to maybe try her hand at the genre. Even today, I was reading reviews of The Mystery of the Yellow Room, and people still praise its creativity, its engaging storyline. It was very successful. Of course, the mostly down-and-out LaRue had finally found some success, so the dude had to write a follow-up. His next novel will be a thoughtful departure from a psychological mystery with riddles and courtroom confrontations to something highly gothic, dramatic, macabre, feeding into the rumors and reporting he had done about the Palais Garnier. At that point, Palais Garnier's rumor mill was more active than ever. Was it haunted? Did someone live there? Was it doomed, cursed, or preying on those who spend a considerable amount of time inside? Was there a network of secret passageways for those in the know to traverse? Four years after the mystery of the Yellow Room, LaRue took these ideas and ran with them, writing Le Fantôme de l'Opera, a serialized story published in newspapers and then as a book in 1910, The Phantom of the Opera. Now that you may know a bit more about the Palais Garnier, you probably realize that LaRue was kind of ripping off, or inspired, however you want to frame it, directly from the building. The setting of The Phantom of the Opera is the actual Palais Garnier, there's a lake underneath in the book where a mysterious figure lives. A chandelier literally falls onto the audience. The Phantom himself was inspired by a pianist LaRue researched, a man who was disfigured after the 1873 fire at the Palais Garnier's precursor, again the Salle Le Pelletier, and also from an assistant to Garnier who mysteriously disappeared during the Palais Garnier's construction. He was also inspired by the tale of Romantic composer Carl Maria von Weber, who, while staging his opera Der Freischutz, the free shooter, in 1841 at the good old La Salle de Pelletier, he used a real human skeleton as a prop. According to the source F. de l'Opera, here's the story behind the skeleton. Quote, there was a young man who willed his bones to the old opera house, La Salle de Pelletier. This young man, Beaumaison, was a member of the Corps de Palais, and he fell in love with a ballerina, Nanine Doraval, who was also in the opera's ballet. Incidentally, like Megan the Phantom, Dorival's mother was also a boxkeeper. However, Dorival had another suitor, Mr. Moserier, lots of French names, sorry if I'm pronouncing them incorrectly, a sergeant major in the French army, who decided to teach Beaumaison a lesson. One night, when Beaumaison came to confront him, Moserier had three of his officers tie Beaumaison up and leave him in the peristyle of the opera, where he spent the night. Due to exposure to the elements, Beaumaison developed a bad fever and died, but not before making a single request. 
Beaumaison bequeathed his body to the opera's doctor in hopes that his skeleton would be kept at the opera near to his beloved, even in death. And also at this point, uh, a lot of these places had doctors because a lot of things happened. Women gave birth to babies. People had heart attacks. There was a lot going on. It was very exciting. So that was not unusual. According to the legend, though, Beaumaison's skeleton was indeed kept at the opera, where it eventually was used on stage as a prop in the second act of Le Freischutz, The Free Shooter. Though this skeleton given to the opera house story was debunked, though it was a real skeleton, I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me, it does seem to parallel the love triangle between the Phantom, Raoul, and Christine. Quote, LaRue took all of these stories and he created one of the most important stories of the 20th century, said Isabel Rochelle Costa, author of the work of Obscure Clarity and the Phantom of the Opera by Gaston LaRue. And the world agreed. LaRue had published a total of six books before writing The Phantom, but almost immediately, the work eclipsed them all. A tragic, gothic love story with poetry, ghosts, and art, all perfectly set in a beautiful, mysterious, unforgiving theater. LaRue's novel was made into two silent films, much to his delight. His own film studio had never quite gotten off the ground, and he was excited by the emerging genre of entertainment. The first silent film, released in 1916, was a German adaptation called Das Gespenst im Opernhaus. Unfortunately, you can't watch it. The film was lost along with almost 75% of other movies of the silent era. The next was in 1925 by Universal Studios, with Lon Chaney as the Phantom. Sadly, LaRue was not able to see the Universal adaptation. He died in 1927. But the most famous adaptation of the novel is probably the one that you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber's 1986 musical, The Phantom of the Opera. This deeply romantic, overdramatic version of LaRue's text was faithful to the book, but bigger, using real-life accounts of the falling of the chandelier and reporting on the opera's long history. Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera would run on Broadway for 35 years, becoming the longest-running musical before closing in 2023, this year. But don't worry, it still plays in London as the second-longest-running West End musical behind Les Miserables. Today, according to a New York Times article about the Palais Garnier, many are pretty unsure where the opera house's history ends and LaRue's story, The Phantom of the Opera, begins. Pierre Vidal, curator of the Palais Garnier's museum and library, gets asked all the time if the story of The Phantom of the Opera is true. Quote, we don't like to break the illusion, he says, but no one has seen a ghost in the opera house. Although we do blame The Phantom as a joke if something inexplicable happens. That being said, there's no denying the innate creepiness of what happened there. I mean, there's still an underground lake beneath the opera house today, one that is regularly used for training French firefighters to swim in the dark. In the lake, reservoir more specifically, there are these large, smoky white catfish that I read about that swim by the open grates, kept alive by Palais Garnier's staff. Ghosts or phantoms, maybe not in the traditional sense, but the fish are something, all of it adding to the dark pedigree of arguably the world's strangest and definitely most notorious opera house. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. 
Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.